When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. All right, is this lady a jerk? Bradley Trainer is going to tell us about some lady... <laughs> Who's behaving a certain way? This lady on this very important holiday. It's Halloween. Halloween uh, on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Who is this lady? What's she doing? Well, I would like to thank Zeta Slabicorn, who is the writer right. uh, for this particular story. Zeta told me I love the Slabicorns. They're a lovely family. Right? Or it could be Slabicorn because it's it's two O's. Oh, okay. S L A B B E K O O R N. I've never heard that name. I love it though. Mm. Anyway, she wrote about um uh, this woman who I don't understand how nobody thinks she's not a jerk, but, um, or whatever euphemism you want to use, interesting member of the neighborhood. Let's mm. put it that way. So, um, this was a recent, was so Minnesotan. <laughs> I know, right? This is a recent Reddit post. Uh, it, like for us, it would be like, is this person interesting? This person's interesting. Okay. Um, apparently she shared a conversation that she's been having with her homeowners association about refusing candy to kids who come from outside neighborhoods. Like if you have to say like just those words alone make me think, okay, nothing good is coming right after this, but let me give you the context. So apparently the homeowner says that, um, their 24 house neighborhood is known, known, for, quote, giving out better candy, baked goods, and extensive Halloween decorations and haunted houses. Um, she goes on to say that uh, she's relatively involved uh, with her HOA, and they often have meetings to discuss issues. She tries to make the point that, like, they're amazingly wonderful people. They cook dinner for sick, na- sick neighbors. They talk about family activities. They throw parties for people in the neighborhood. However... Because, it was sensing a right? butt. There's a big butt coming. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there have been issues that a lot of the homeowners have discussed recently where there's an influx of outside neighborhood kids leading to issues in the neighborhood, including kids being rude, stealing decorations, and taking candy from younger kids. <gasps> no. What? Now, this Reddit user, she is unlike you, Colleen, in that she loves to hand things out for Halloween. Um, And instead of handing out candy, she decided to make gift baskets for each child. Oh, wow. Comes to her. That is next level. Um, But because of all of the influx of outside kids, she has put a sign in her yard. And the sign is what gets us to the crux of the question. Mm-hmm. Is this lady interesting. interesting? The sign reads, candy only for kids living in the Rosewood Hills neighborhood. Oh. Uh-huh. 
I don't want my neighbor. She said, I don't want my neighbor's kids as well as kids from outside the neighborhood coming to my door and giving one kid a piece of candy and a different kid a gift basket. So she was like, the gift baskets are for the neighborhood kids yeah. that I know. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to have to be rude. So I'm going right. to. Right. So she, what she's done is she's twisted the messaging around to make it look like she's actually doing the gracious is, thing. Is she interesting? Yes, she's interesting. Yeah, she's very interesting, right? Who in their right mind um, puts a sign? Like, what? Now, apparently she's not the only one who's put signs up. A lot of people in the neighborhood have liked her approach. And so they are, have now followed suit. Some people disagreed, obviously, and argued that like, um, and she actually says uh, one member named Karina suggested, why don't now Karina was like, I think she was in, in the she thought one thing and then unfortunately she doubled down on the interesting because Karina suggested, why don't we hire an off duty police officer to deal with the kids who steal? She thought that would be a better Option than refusing candy to kids on Halloween. Oh my God! What? Guys, this is what's wrong. You guys. Oh gosh! Nobody said that you. There is no expectation. If you are going to hand something out from your house, Mm -hmm. are you going to be um, the gatekeeper? The gatekeeper of what? Now, so I could hear some people like, "Yeah, it's my house, and I'm giving out what I want. So if you don't follow my rules, I'm not giving you the candy." To which I would just say. Maybe do what I do. Crouch down, yep. mm-hmm. turn off the lights, and pretend nobody's watch there. TV in another room. Yeah. Keep quiet. Yeah. <laughs> or just stay away from your house and keep the lights off. Yeah, just turn off your front light and nobody's going to come trick-or-treating. Or if they do, just don't answer the door. But this, like, some people are in and some people are also, out is just gross. And that's not the holiday. Well, and how would you like, okay, so you're presented with the issue. You uh-huh. think, I don't know. I just, I don't think any of us would have this issue, but if you felt like, I just don't think you would think like, how, I, first of all, how do you know people are coming from outside the neighborhood, which begs a question, you know, you, you begin to ask some other important questions. Right. Like, are these people of another race? This is why I'm doing the side eye right now. Yeah. Cause I feel like she's saying something without saying it, but the not saying it is actually the saying it. Yeah. But also I think there is a version of this that is probably relatable in certain neighborhoods in the sense that, um, th- there are people who have a threshold of age for trick or treaters. There are people who literally will not hand out candy to kids that they deem over a certain age. Mm. Now, I my argument against that or to that is why would you not? Why are you withholding candy from a person who is doing just trick or treating? They're out of trouble. These are people. These yeah. are teenagers who also, just want candy. It, also, <laughs> like, if an adult showed up at your house, you might wrinkle an eye. Yeah. Uh, or a nose or whatever the, the saying is and be like, why, why is an adult walking around without kids? I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, but you give them the piece of candy. Do you yeah. literally find yeah. yourself going, you're not a kid. Yeah. You don't get I, candy. I'm going to need some ID with this piece of candy. Also, I think that there's another piece of this that is symptomatic of a larger problem but it's this no but it's the notion that as a person it is your job to manage things and police things outside of your like all you're doing is giving candy 
That's all. Don't over or pencils. Think this. Thank you. All you're doing is giving a treat. You're you're not responsible for whatever else is well, going on out that, in the neighborhood. When you talk about that being a larger issue. This is what I'm trying to find. These are the days when I'd be like, can we just spend a segment talking about that? But we shan't. We shan't. Because you can all do the math at home. But you're absolutely right. Like, yeah. why do you need to be concerned with, you know. Your job is to do the, to administer the trick or the treat. Yeah. Outside of that, that's like, you can't be in the business of policing other other people's behavior in your space yeah now do you feel unsafe that's a different question you know then we can have a conversation oh, about sure. that and like i said if you don't want to do like let's but say then make a different choice let, exactly yeah. let, let's say there is a problem with vandals or you know like because you know like i mean we've all been an age where we thought TPing somebody's house mm-hmm. in uh, the dark of night was a good idea or perhaps tossing an egg at somebody's uh, parked vehicle was a good idea mm-hmm. uh, or putting peanut butter in people's door locks, which actually happened to me. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. One of my friends from I've high school. I've never heard that one. thought that was hilarious. Um, it's not hilarious. Uh, like, if that were a problem, then maybe don't hand out candy. Yeah. You don't have to. Or do what the lazy people do. Yeah. Put out a bowl of candy and say, take one. And you know nobody's going to take one. Somebody going to, the first person who walks by is going to dump it all in their bag. And then you're done. You've done yeah. your part. Bye. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, like, don't worry about that either. Because if you're going to put a bowl of candy out and abandon it, that's a possibility. Yeah, you and you gotta, need to just divorce yourself from caring about that. Yep. I did see a really funny video on Twitter that somebody shared that I laughed so hard at. And it was a kid coming onto a front porch in front of that big bowl of candy, very aware that there is a ring doorbell on yep. him. And he turns and he looks right at the camera and he gives the middle finger and then dumps. And it's like probably a 10 oh year God. old and dumps all the candy in his backpack and then just marches off. It is that's hilarious, hysterical. But you know, that's a possibility. Yeah, like that's those on. are the precious people that I love who mm-hmm. put out the sign with the thing like, oh, I have to put out candy, but I only, you know, I'm going to shame people with a, a sign to make them, you know, f- do the right thing. Like, look, I mean, good luck to you, but the world doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. Somebody's going to take advantage of that when presented with an opportunity. And it's okay. Somebody has more candy in their belly. Thanks to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same with like, if an adult showed up, I mean, like if they might be hungry, give them a piece yeah, of candy. Yeah, you can have a Snickers. I don't. I'm not going to eat it. Here you go. Yeah, I don't know. So this person is definitely interesting. Uh, agreed. Right. When we also, return, can you imagine the like next door group or whatever the WhatsApp group for in this that neighborhood? neighborhood? No, no, thank you. no, no. It's bad enough in like. It's just bad enough other places if they're having this conversation out in the open. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, that reminds me. I should spend some time on Next Door in the lead up for tonight. No. 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 Mm -mm. Not going to. Let's talk about Adele. Uh, Adele. The uh, Adele residency. turns out she should have listened to us. Bradley's going to explain after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Well, it turns out things would be a lot different if Adele would have just listened to us on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. That easy. Bradley, uh, what's the latest on 
a Dow. It is that easy. Um, and here's the latest. It turns out um, she's stripping back her performances at her Vegas residency. And by stripping, I don't mean she's taking it off. Um, but uh, allegedly, supposedly, she wants to connect with fans to have a more intimate experience. So we said, I know, honey, we told you this and I feel like we could have done this. Hello, Adele. Adele, is this thing on? Uh, I think honestly, we could have made this happen last year. Yes. Because what you're requiring is less, not more, which means it's easy to provide less than more. Like, right. Like, and again, I know water uh, under the bridge, (laughs) Um, but. And we can't go back in time. However, she, after, if you believe this story in the sun, after announcing all these new shows, um, says that she wants to make the space far more intimate. Quote, Adele has revised her plan for the show and has stripped it back. The production will be very classy. The show is centered on her energy and vocals. Well, yeah, no bleep, because we've been saying that from the, the very beginning, right? Well, and how hard would this have been? I don't know, because I wasn't there. But, you know, when she's canceling the show 24 hours in advance, how hard would it have been for her to just say, break it all down, just give me a stage and a microphone? Yeah. Like, we knew that that was all anybody wanted, and we wouldn't have been in this mess. According to the source, the January shows, meaning for this uh, residency, had room uh, originally, the the one that was canceled, had room for significant orchestra and band along with a 60-piece choir. The feel was big, grand, and immensely theatrical. Now, she wants it to be more intimate and connect with the audience by being with them during the performance. However, in this, I did find interesting choice of words. The insider added that the production still features dazzling events and stunning backdrops. Dazzling events. I don't know what that means. Like she's going to fly over the screen, the audience. That would have been fun. But here's what you could have done. You could have just put in one of those psychedelic light things that they sell for rooms these days. Yeah, the sharper image. Yeah, the sharper image and maybe a strip of LED light. We could have wrapped that around the stage at Caesar's Palace. Done. And then we would have gotten a producer's fee. I mean, well, why don't people listen to us? <laughs> Hopefully they do from noon to three. I will Yay! say that uh, the new dates, which were announced back in July, begin in November. And that was the other piece I wanted to talk about. So, you know, we ended up getting tickets. Thank God we paid way too much. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, actually... I'm glad you got tickets. And yeah, I know it was a pain in the earth. For people. Yeah. And it was, it was just, it was a nightmare. And I just feel like she had a bunch of unforced errors this last year. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that moving forward, you know, she says she wants to like take time off now after this concert. Anyway, these tickets now for resale are selling for upwards. I'm not kidding you. If you believe this story in the Daily Mail, 200,000 pounds each. What? That's insane. Now, are you thinking about selling your tickets? No. Okay. No, because likely, um, and just uh, these are resale sites, and just because they put that out there, right? The uh, it, it varies from like six fifty all the way up to like two hundred thousand. So, you know, the six fifty is still going to be quote nosebleeds. Although I will say, from the work I know Jamie did on this venue, nosebleed is still. I feel like, like very in, intimate in Vegas, a nosebleed is not. Like, I mean, you're still going to be better off regardless than you would be at an arena show. Yeah. Right. Because the cheap seats are going to be 
she will be a dot on the stage, you know? Yeah. So you're still in, in Vegas. The, the theaters are far more intimate. Well, and I feel like too, I just, the whole thing about the, the ticket prices is like, I've had a problem with the whole dynamic ticket pricing and that was in effect in the first go round. But I just feel like people are the people that are benefiting from her schedule change are not her fans. True. And her fans are going to end up shelling out more money because of this change and arguably are going to get less. Now, they may want less because she wants less. Mm-hmm. And if you love Adele, you want what Adele wants, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it just feels like this is kind of a, you know, womp show. Womp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Although that said, trombone. I will be there and it won't be a womp womp. No, you're going to have a great time. You're going to be so thankful that you got there. But I think there's like so many broader implications of this. And back to that dynamic pricing. I had a conversation this weekend um, with a friend of ours who works in that industry, in the concert industry. And what did they have to well, say? We for talked about dynamic pricing and what a real like what actually a hindrance it is to the fans. Yeah, it is. It, it's I, worse than the like ticket scalpers showing yes. up on, you know, the first or ticket resellers showing up on the first go round. Yeah. And I think the impact is to the artist. And that's got to change at some point because yeah. people are not going to want to go True. if they can't if it becomes that cost prohibitive. Agree. We've got celebrities behaving badly to tell you about. After this, we call them Jeebus. on my talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. We have a name for them. We call them D Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Are you going to share with the audience? I found my pills. Colleen's eating. Oh. Halloween candy. Okay. She couldn't help herself. Wonderful. I love Smarties. She uh, calls Smarties her pills. My pills. So she'll be taking pills while I tell you about my D-bag. My D-bag is none other than, oh, Dan Schneider. I read about this story last week. Now, uh, we're learning about it because uh, Alexa Nicholas, who was on Zoe 101. Was she Zoe? I don't know. No, because... um, Uh, Jamie Lynn Spears was Zoe. All right. Uh, Well, she was on, uh, Alexa Nicholas was, Wednesday on a podcast called Real Pod, wherein she discussed a really uncomfortable situation that Uh. occurred. Um, Now, she's 30, but at the time she was just 12 years old. And apparently, do you remember... um, um, not do you remember? I know you remember, but the mm-hmm. audience might not remember that Dan Schneider is a problematic human because of mm-hmm. some blind items. And well, it's not even blind items anymore. Just uh-uh. like people have since those blind items begun to speak openly about his problematic behavior on the set of Nickelodeon programming. Because he was uh, responsible for what was his actual title now? I can't even remember, but. He was a show developer, and then he began to oversee more programming. So he had his, no pun intended, hands in just about every show that was on Nickelodeon in a certain era. Well, um, Alexa Nicholas in this podcast talks about how he would, Dan Schneider, sit on the other side of a curtain while she was in the fitting room, you know, trying on outfits for Mm -hmm. the show, I imagine. She said, whenever I had wardrobe fittings, he would always... Uh, he always had to be in them. Thank God there was a curtain, but he was literally sitting on a chair right outside of the curtain. 
he would, you know, she would try on outfits, outfits that her character, uh, that were meant for her character, Nicole Bristow, um, for the show. And I guess a lot of the outfits were just consisted of very short skirts. Um, it's, she said, quote, it was to the point where he would sit in the chair and I would come out and do a little spin. Schneider would look at the wardrobe artist and say, can I have the Polaroids? No! No. That's nasty. No, 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 no. Referring to photos that were taken as she was no. dressing character. Mm-hmm. No. You know what? I, okay, so you know why her name is familiar to me? And I opened up this article and I remember this now. She has been doing like uh, her own individual protests. Yeah. And garnering a lot of attention for the way that she has talked about Nickelodeon and the treatment of minors uh, from that era. Yeah. And she's been very vocal about her own experience. And and like you said, there's she's not alone. There are other voices kind of in concert with her, namely the name I'm not going to remember, but the woman who wrote the book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Oh, yeah. Where she tells a lot her. of her stories about working at Nickelodeon and how she was treated as an adolescent. Yeah, again, this child was 12. Alexa was 12 at the time that, you know, Creepy Dan is on the other side um, asking for Polaroids of her in her outfits. And, you know, like this, uh, I don't know. I just feel like this is not going to be the last we're going to hear of this. No. And he did attempt to sort of make a weird comeback at some point. And Holly, remind me, do you remember the name of the magazine? Oh, are you choking on your pills, by yeah. the way? <laughs> no, something else. No, my LaCroix. Of oh. which magazine? <laughs> Don't you remember the one where he was standing in front of a tree? Oh, that was the New York Times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he tried to make a comeback a while ago. Yeah. Hopefully it's not going to happen because if Alexa's story is true, and we have no reason to believe it's not, because, like, why would... Why? Right. Anyway, um, and we've heard these stories before, you just really hope that, um, I don't know, he doesn't have the opportunity to make a comeback. I... I imagine that is just not going to be possible for a couple of reasons. Number one being the women who were 12 at the time of his, you know, his sweet spot at Nickelodeon are adult women now and men. Um, But they are we've got at least two books for sure, because Jamie Lynn Spears also talked about him and her autobiography and about uh, a scene she she didn't get too deep into stories about him, which is interesting because, you know, the rumor is that he's the father of her child, Maddie. Yeah, that's sort of like the, the rumor in Hollywood and that the family um, attributed it to the person she was dating yeah. kind of on again, off again at the time as a way to cover for this. That's a whole different story. But in her book, in her autobiography, Jamie Lynn Spears talks about the scene where she was supposed to get, I'm dead serious, yeah. hit in the face with some sort of like slime uh, experience. Mm-hmm. At she was like 13, yeah, and they did it over and over and over and over and over again to his enjoyment because it had, um, because it looked similar to a kind of shot that you might see in an adult film, and it wasn't until they got the shot that looked exactly like he wanted it to. That he said, we'll take that okay. one. All right. So, I mean, that's a thing. What I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, 
if he does try to mount a comeback, there are enough adult people at this point who have said a little bit who I think would come together and say a lot in protection of other people. It's just gross. Okay, sorry. We went off on a big tangent Who's there. your D-bag? Thanks for asking. It's Billy McFarlane. Billy McFarlane. A fire festival thing. Thank you. I was going to say, who's that guy? So that was another, I feel like, kind of uh, early pandemic uh, uh, side occupation we had with the fire fest documentaries. There was a Hulu one, and then there was a Netflix one, I believe. Correct. And they came out at the same time, and you know, we all consumed them because we'd watched the fire festival melt down in front of our very eyes in real time. Yeah. So Billy McFarland was the mastermind, the entrepreneur behind the fire festival, which ended up being that failed uh, thing concert like influencer event like, get together <laughs> that was going to happen in the Bahamas, and it was. A disaster. I mean, a disaster, and and I'm putting it well, mildly. Financial, uh, physical, mm-hmm. emotional, psychological disaster. And he did time for this, and he ha- is now out. And he posted a teaser clip to TikTok last week. Oh, um, where he allegedly confessed to some of his wrongs during the fire festival, and then hinted at what was coming next. He said he has something new coming, and he showed a treasure map, as well as a brief look at a phone number. No. Oh, come on. No. TMZ uh, contacted the number to see what this number was. Thanks. You are immediately asked for your contact information and given a video clue as to what is coming. Uh, According to sources, he's creating another festival. No, 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 no. no. Anybody who gives their Uh, money to this man... You've already been warned. I mean, shame on you. What? Like, yeah. did, no. What? Well, so, that's America, man. I. If at first you don't succeed, just keep lie and lie again. I, I mean, so just FYI, he's coming for you. He's coming for you. Mm-hmm. Be smart, please. Don't just be smart. If it sounds too good oh to God, be true, I bet there's it is. a whole crop of influencers out there who are like, "Hey, if it's a hot mess, we got we get some good coverage." Well, I hate to say it, but you're not wrong because do you remember like we were all eyes on some of those influencers that we had never even heard of yeah. who were at this failed fire festival um who were tweeting about it. Now it was a nightmare for them. They couldn't get out of there. They didn't have a place to stay. They were eating, you know, white wonder bread with uh American cheese slices and like a smattering of lettuce. I mean, it was not No, it was nasty. It mm-hmm. was not good and they couldn't get out and again, the infrastructure was just not there. Shame on you. Fool me twice. I can't Shame get fooled me. again. Exactly. Uh so anyway, don't trust uh don't trust Billy a McFarland. Billy. If you get don't an email a from a guy named Billy McFarland, run the other direction. Yeah, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um you know what? what? I've got another D-bag. You do? I Ooh. do. I do. And uh, this is a familiar one. This person is getting to be a frequent flyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about it when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. We had an extra D-bag. And this person is quickly becoming a regular in uh, this segment on the Colleen and Bradley show, my talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. And it's a D bag double down. Let's do it. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. 
us your extra D bag. James Corden. Oh, him again. Gosh, we spent all last uh, week talking about him. What's going on now? Well, he's still talking. He's still on his B to the S. Um, and he's doing this thing where he's like trying to be casual about what a jerk he was and like tell, basically try to tell us that we're the ones that were overreacting okay. because like it wasn't that big of a deal. And now he's so surprised at how this like got to be such a big deal. Um, he did an interview for the times and during that interview, because I think also if you've already got one scheduled at this moment, they're going to ask about it. Uh, yeah. Right. And he's like, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, he said, the, as we know, his the reason that he had to send the omelet back is because his wife, Julia Carey, is allergic to egg white. Um, and he says he told the server, don't worry if you can't manage it. Okay, that didn't come out in the story. That did yeah, not come out in the explanation. It. And he said, it's just been the most surreal moment. Um, I mean, it's just so odd. I never screamed at anyone. I didn't shout. I didn't call anyone a name or a swear word or use derogatory language. How is it remotely a thing? And that and that be okay. And now it's fact. And that's that. When a person who posted the story wasn't even there. It's just so odd. So I think what he's trying to say is Keith McNally the owner of Balthazar restaurant was not present when this happened. And this was a report from a server. By the way, there were two reports from two separate servers from two separate visits regarding James Corden. I was going to say, yeah, like this wasn't just the omelet incident. Yeah, this was another incident. Now I can't remember what happened in the other incident. He was just rude. No, but again, like the point is that, um, Keith McNally said this person, like literally the owner of this restaurant, said that this human, James Corden, is in the 25 years or however many years he's been in business, worst customer that he's experienced and felt so moved by this that he took to social media to out the person, not to do it personally, one on one. Now, you'd have to believe that Keith McNally just wanted a bunch of attention for no reason. Like, oh, I bet the reservations went way up for, Mm -hmm. okay, maybe, but I kind of, I don't feel like Keith McNally has to do that. They weren't having, they were not having trouble with uh, reservations at Balthazar, let's just say. Yeah. It wasn't like he was on a decline and they couldn't get people's butts in the seats. Yeah. So, so let's take him at his word. Again, this was not just an omelet thing, as James Corden seems to be playing it off as. That's the part that I find frustrating and and wholly D-baggy about him. So this is where I am with James Corden. I didn't really care about James Corden. Like I and I don't mean like I just I didn't have a feeling either way. I'm not a fan, but I wasn't not a fan. I just was sort of like he's just there. He He does his carpool karaoke. It's cute. It's fine. We have had blind items though. So at least this was not a surprise to us. True. But I am to the point now where I am sort of actively irritated by him. Oh, I I don't blame you. And I have been since the moment he tried to quote apologize, which he never did, by the way. Because his behavior since this, this is what I would have been okay. I would have given him the benefit of the doubt had he said at any point, boy, I've learned something about myself through this. I did not act in the best way. I'm just very sorry. I 
didn't realize the effect it had on the people that were working. I'm embarrassed. I mean, there's like any number of ways you can own it. But what he's tried to do instead is try to downplay it for us. And I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. And it's all in the name of saving face for himself and then turning around and saying, but, you know, I really don't care what people think of me. Because later in this same interview, he's talking about press, like negative press about him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't read it. I just stopped reading it. I just won't do it. I don't Google myself. I don't read anything about myself. Uh, He said, I can remember when Keira Knightley was talking about the things people used to write about her. And then she just realized oh, I don't have to read this. It's nothing to do with me. I'll just concentrate on the work. So he's like, I don't care what people think. I'm not paying attention to that. Yeah, which is a lie. Which is... Because anybody in this business cares what other people think or you wouldn't be in this business. Now, do you let it affect you? Do you have mechanisms in place to keep it from, you know, being obsessive compulsive about it? Sure. But to say, like, to get us to believe that you don't care, why are you talking? Right. Right. Exactly. Why are you doing this inner... I mean... Why are you doing any of this? Yeah. It's this weird performance. If you didn't care, you'd say, yeah, people really got that one wrong. Next question. Yeah. And yes. But I do get the sense that he doesn't care from the perspective of he's not going to he's not no, going to admit his he, part in anything. He has an ego. It's not that he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. It's that he is going to paint a picture that's best for him. Because he, so I'm sure gross. he thinks, like, who are these people? They're nobodies. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You can just hear the, like, ego that's going on inside his head. And it's like, but you're talking. Right. So I'm not stupid. Like, if you really didn't care, mm-hmm. you'd never have talked about it. Right. Or you would have said, yeah, that guy was totally wrong. Don't agree. But next question. That's I mean, that's not what I would do. Like, I I think I would care enough to be like, oh, gosh, did I hurt somebody's feelings? And I would go back and say, like, can I talk to the people? Yeah. And just, you know, you there are so many better ways to have handled any of this. Yes. And it's not that he owes us any of that explanation, but it would have been apparent because somebody would have said, you know, James, he did the right thing. I just want you guys like there's just so many different things that could have happened other than what actually happened and everything that he has shared and the way he has shared it and the people who've responded to the way he's shared things indicate that he just is an ego driven Mm -hmm. human. That's more concerned with himself and frankly, not well because you could be an egomaniac who has good PR. Yeah. And he can't even do that. Right. No, (laughs) no. And, and, Honestly, until I honestly think the only way this story is actually going to go away, honestly, is if he acknowledges it and says something that shows any type of awareness. Because at this point, every single interview is going to bring this thing up. And if he's going to continue along this line of it wasn't that big of a deal, this got blown out of proportion, I didn't do anything wrong. All of those are unsatisfactory. Like those answers are not going to get him anywhere. How old is he? 40 Uh, something. Old enough to know better. He's in his 40s. And when he was addressing it on his show, again, he has a show with his name on it. Mm -hmm. Um, He said like he didn't think he'd done anything wrong. And then his dad pointed out this thing and you're like, oh, that's a cute story. Like your dad and your dad's in the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, You're a grown ass man and your dad had to tell you that you were being a jerk. Mm hmm. And you couldn't have figured that out on your own. Right. Also, you know who we never heard from in any of this? His wife. 
Yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And his wife was allegedly the aggrieved party here. Right. That he in this one case. But if she was so aggrieved and it was such a life threatening thing. You know, like, I feel like she would have just said, this is my husband, you know, like defending what, whatever. I mean, again, we yeah. we're only hearing about it from him. He's the only one talking. about. He is. It. And also, can, I, I do just want to say this, because this is the part I find to be particularly gross. The way that he presents the story about why he was so upset and made such a uh, such noise about the eggs is because of his wife's allergy. And. There's something about that. It it may very well be true. I'm not saying it's not true, but it's the way that he continues to push that narrative to try to make himself look like this doting husband who's going to, you know, well, he also says protect he her. Raise his voice when those involved contradict Say otherwise. that. Uh Yeah, he did apparently on his show say the following that he made a sarcastic, rude comment about cooking the omelet myself. And he said, that is a comment I deeply regret. So then he gets nitpicky about which parts of it he finds regrettable. But but in the the moment, he didn't realize he'd done anything wrong. Right. Which that is also telling. Yeah. So exhausting. And again, it's not like we don't because I can hear people like you're nitpicking and it's like, well, um, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the only reason we're talking about it, I mean, you brought the story, but the reason mm-hmm. that you brought the story is because it's not going away because he keeps bringing it up and keeps sort of trying to have it his yeah, way. He's trying yeah. to drive the bus. Yeah. And the problem is he is not dr- doing that well. It just seems weaselly. <laughs> like he's weaseling yes. out of the apology or like, you know, like, I'm sorry that you were offended, mm-hmm. but. And it's like, you can't, or like when you try to explain, like we all know this, when you're explaining instead of apologizing Mm -hmm. or like, I'm sorry, but you have to know X, Y, Z. Okay, great. Yeah, but but it doesn't change. And for some, at some point that would, might be awesome context, but in the moment, the person also, has he apologized to any of the actual servers that were offended? And actually that was the thing that, uh. Keith McNally took an issue with that is the thing that led him to re uh what's it called re 86 him from the restaurant yeah because after the apology he was like oh, it's fine everything's good smoothed over and then he realized James Corden did not make any effort to actually apologize to the real yeah, people and that's when James he was like Corden sat down with the New yeah. York Times mm-hmm. and basically said like this happens all the time I didn't do anything wrong people are complaining about nothing and yeah. I, this is not going to bother me and that's Keith McNally, why McNally was like McNally okay was like, actually you will never mm. enjoy Balthazar or any of his properties ever again James Corden um, all I'm saying is I see you I see you I see you James Corden When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, tell us your real life ghost stories. 651-641-1071. We're going to get cozy around the campfire and tell spooky, scary, real life ghost stories. Have you been haunted? 651-641-1071. 
For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 